I want you to just stand tonight. I was while we were sitting there worshiping the Lord in the presence of Jehovah. Can we do that one more time? I don't know about you, but I want to get into His presence tonight. Come on, how many want to just get into His presence? There's nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. Come on, Amen. If you really want to be ministered to tonight, it's going to take something on your part. And that means that we've got to be willing to get into His very presence. And right into His presence is when God begins to move and minister to the needs of every single person that's in this place tonight. And I want God to minister to us. Come on, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I want God to minister to me tonight. I need to be ministered to tonight. Amen. In the presence of Jehovah, Lord God Almighty, Prince of
but God, you're aware of every situation, every problem, every circumstance that rises within their life, Lord God. And tonight, Lord God, we need you. More than we have ever needed you, Lord God, the church in this last day need a move and a touch and anointing of your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Fresh touch, Lord God. Fresh anointing, fresh fire, Lord God. To rest upon the church once again, Lord God. We want to get into your presence. Not just come to church, Lord God, is the norm. But God, we want to enter into the presence of the Lord. Lord, where you can minister to the needs of every individual. We give you praise tonight. We honor you. We lift you up. We glorify you. We exalt the mighty name of Jesus. But you alone are worthy to receive this praise. You are worthy to receive glory, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, yes. In the presence. Come on, folks. Let's just get in his presence tonight. remember one time I came to an altar and when I started to get down there I started asking God for certain things and God abruptly stopped me and he said don't ask me just thank me and sometimes we need to say thank you Lord thank you that I got food on my table Thank you, Lord God, I got finances enough to pay my bills. And, and to come before God with a grateful heart. Come on, amen. We got so much we can thank God for. I don't know about you, but we got so many things that we can thank God for. We can thank God that he woke us up this morning, amen. Hallelujah, come on. We can thank God tonight we got into the presence of God, Amen. And we can feel the anointing. It's the anointing that breaks the yokes. It's getting into his presence. And sometimes we just need to fall deeply, emphatically in love with God all over again. Amen. I'm going to agree that tonight. Give the Lord a good hand clap. Amen. Hallelujah. God is so good. Hallelujah. I'm a pastor at heart, and I told young ministers that... I was ministering and, and I would get a chance to teach and lead young pastors. We had 16 ministers one time in a church. And I would teach on servant leadership. And I would tell them before you could ever be an effective leader, you must first learn to be a servant. Then I would say the second thing, I want you to be better than me. 
the reason I do that, I want to pour into them, hallelujah, what I had. It wasn't much. But I could pour into them a, a spirit of being sensitive to the congregation. People just want to be loved. How many are like that? I mean, we go to churches, we can hear all kinds of speakers. But most of all, people just want to know that they're cared about and that they're loved. Amen. I mean, I don't go home and, and I don't shake my wife's hand and say, good to see you. And if I say, honey, I love you, she'll say, don't tell me you love me. Show me. And, and I think that's the same thing that God wants us to do tonight. Hallelujah. He said, don't tell me that you love me, but show me you love me. Come on, amen. Don't tell me, you know, because everybody tells God, I, I love you. You hear that over and over and over again, and we're repetitious in that. God said, I want some action behind what you're saying. I want you to show me by your worship by your study habits by your life amen you know the bible says that we're living epistles of christ written and read of all men that means when people see you they want to know that you love the lord amen hallelujah god is so good isn't he i love the lord tonight i'm going to preach about job the 23rd chapter but in doing so, I want to, first of all, let you understand, Job knew who God was. He had lived a life that was pleasing unto the Lord. In fact, God said he was, you know, talked about him as a righteous man, a man that feared God. But Job remembered what it was like to be in the presence of God. How many can remember what it was like to be in the presence of God. That's the reason why I wanted you to do that song once again. He knew what it was like. In fact, if you look in the second chapter of Revelation, remember that what Revelation says in the, in, about the church of Ephesus, it said that you have one problem. You have forgotten your first love. Amen. And that's the problem. Because the church always remembers what it was like to be in the presence of God. They always remember what it was to feel the touch of God. They just go back and say, I remember what the services used to be like. And God's saying, I don't change. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. If I poured out my spirit on the yesterdays, I'll still pour out my spirit on today. I don't change. But somehow we've come to this new age where all of a sudden we, we think that God has changed and all... That God doesn't do the same thing that, uh, in fact, I remember my youth pastor had gone into pastor and he wrote a statement. He said, we're not like the other church. We're not like my grandpa or my, my father. That we've got a brand new type of gospel. Can I tell you? The same gospel that saved you and I is still the same gospel that's revelant today. God doesn't change. Can you say amen? 
And I think somehow that Job understood what it was like to be in the presence of God. He knew what it was to serve God, so he never lost his memory. In fact, on the 29th chapter, which I talked about a little bit this morning, he remembered what it was like to be in the presence of God. He remembered what it was like to, to get around people, and as he walked down the street, that somebody would notice there was something different about him. Can I tell you that people ought to notice something about us? That's differently. There ought to be something in our life that people say, what is there about you that, that, uh, that I don't have or, or other people don't have? There should be something that sticks out. Amen. Come on. Amen. That when you get together and you come together, all of a sudden people begin to praise. I remember I was raised Catholic. And, and raised the Catholic, let me tell you, when I walked into a Pentecostal church for the very first time, I thought everybody was nuts. In fact, I thought there was institutions for people like you. Come on, amen. Because I, I, I remember I'm sitting in the back. I couldn't take the last pew because the last pew was taken up already. But I got to the next to the last pew, and I remember there was a 16 or 14 or 16-year-old girl. I can't remember. But I had never felt the anointing of God's Spirit. And all of a sudden, an evangelist began to speak, and then he stopped, and he started prophesying, and he started prophesying about me. Now my knees are shaking. I may know what I'm talking about. My knees are going up and down. And she stood up, and as she stood up, she started slapping me on the shoulder. Every time the Holy Ghost would get, get in touch with her, she'd slap me on the shoulder, and it was like lightning. I'd just jerk, you know what I'm saying, and, and couldn't figure out what's going on. But she just kept doing that over and over and over again. But I knew that she had something in her life. Can I tell you, people knew that Job had something in his life. Sure, he was going through some hard times. Sure, he was going through some battles. But there was something different about him. He knew who God was. And when you know who God is, you don't give up, you don't quit, you don't surrender, you don't throw in the towel, because you know that greater is He that's in you. Come on, amen. Isn't that good to know that you've got a power, a supernatural power? The fact the Bible says that He inserted dunamis power inside you, but not only do it, but exosayous power. You know what that means? That means you have the right and the privilege to use God's power. Come on. That means that God said, wait a minute. I've given you a grant deed. I've given you the right. Everything that I did, remember he said, I'm going to the Father. But everything that I did, he didn't say you're going to do greater signs and wonders because you can't do that. But he said, equally, you're going to do it in numeric numbers. When he talked about more, he said, numeric numbers, you're going to do greater because I'm going to give you more opportunity than my ministry has had. So you're going to do greater in number. That means if I raise one from the dead, you're going to raise ten. If I open the blinded eyes, you're going to open more blinded eyes. Come on. If I healed the limb of a person, you're going to do the same thing. Come on. Amen. Because everything that I've done, you're going to do in more proportion than me because you've got a longer life than I've got. And Job understood who God was. Pull up the scriptures if you could just for a moment. Chapter 23. And let's just take a look at what he said. Then Job answered and said... Even today is my complaint bitter. He had the right. Remember that. He had the right. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him. I've come to that place many times in my life and said, where are you? I searched in every direction. There's no place for you to be found. Where is God when I'm going through my struggles? Where is God when I'm going through my problems? 
Have you turned a deaf ear from my situation? Do you not understand what I'm going through? He understands every situation, every problem that you're going through. And sometimes he's just saying, wait. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm not a patient person. Come on. I, you don't pray for patience. Anybody ever pray for patience? You're asking for trouble. Because the minute you say, God, give me patience, hello, the next thing that's going to happen is a problem's going to come your way. I know that because I prayed one time. I said, God, give me patience. And all of a sudden, it seemed like if it could go wrong, it could go wrong. I said, God, take it away. I don't want it. Amen. So look at what he said. He said, my stroke is heavier than my groan. And oh, that I might know where I might find him. That I might even come to his seat. I would order my case before him and fill my mouth with argument. When you know who you are in God, you have a right to say, God, look at I've been faithful to you. And everything that I did doesn't mean that God wants to raise up a bunch of spoiled brats. Come on. And just because I remember one time they had the, the name it's the claim it's the grab it's and the baggots. And I remember one time one of them came up to me and they said, Brother Miller, if you do this, this, and this, God has to do this. I said, wait a minute. Where do you get that? Well, God's word says that. And I said, no, it doesn't say that. Because God isn't forced to do anything. Come on, amen. But they said, well, if, I, if I'm faithful, this God has to do that. I remember, and I, and I talked about it. I, when I was young in the Lord, I would give my whole check. Because I thought I had to. The evangelist would get up and preach. And when he did, he would say, well, the more you give, the more you get. I thought that's a pretty good deal. You know, if, if I give $100... He said, God will give me back 10. Let's see, that's $1,000. That's worth it. It sounds like a good investment to me. Come on, amen. And so I would do that, and then that whole week I would go without anything. Didn't have common sense. Didn't have a lick of sense. But I was doing it for the Lord, and God was Jehovah Jireh because He was the provider. He always provided for me. I just didn't have any common sense. I just thought that's what you were supposed to do. I was a young convert. But in this situation, listen to what Job said. He said, I would take my case, God, and if I laid my case before you, I knew that you would listen. But he didn't stop there. He said, I would know that which words I would say, uh, you would answer me and understand what you would say unto me. Will he plead against me with his great power? No. God's got all kinds of power. And that power is left at our disposal. What good, I remember one time, let me just say this. When I, how many of your older people know this? The younger people don't know this. But the old automobiles used to have a starter on the floor. How many remember that? You young ones wouldn't remember that. And you had a switch on the dash. You could switch it on or switch it off. That was it. Switch it on, switch it off. But you had to start it on the floor. You just had a thing and it would start up. And I remember my grandpa had one, and he had an old AM radio. And I'm saying this for a reason. And I would get after school because we lived close to the school, and I would get in that old automobile, and you could turn the radio on without turning the switch on. It would just automatically work. But I looked cool because I would roll down the window, and I'd stick my arm out the window, and I was looking cool. And the girls would come by, and when they come by, because I'm looking cool, 
they would get, get in the truck and sat there with me because we all look cool. Come on, amen. Can, can I tell you, sometimes we as Christians, we look cool, but we're not going anyplace. We're not going forward. We're not going backwards. We're just sitting there thinking we're looking cool. Come on, amen. But what we need in our churches today is more than people that are looking cool. We need some people that want to start the engine and get motivation behind them and start moving forward. Come on, amen. When we understand once we get this fire burning inside of us, we know who God is. We know the power of God. We have a testimony that greater is he that's in us. We can tell people that God's on our side and God makes the difference. Come on, amen. So look what he says more on that. Seventh verse. There the righteous might dispute with him, so I should be delivered forever from my judge. Behold, I go forward. Have you ever felt like you, you were finally progressing in your life? Finally felt like you were getting some ground. Then all of a sudden something comes and just slaps you down. You ever been there? I, I, I've been there. And, and there's been times in my life, and I'm sure there's been times in your life, where all of a sudden everything's going honky-dory. Come on. Everything's going good. And you're looking pretty good. Come on, amen. The finances is coming in. There's no problem with the kids. There's no problem on the job. Everything's going good. Then all of a sudden, you're down. Someone pulls the carpet out from under you. How do we respond when that happens? Oh, I've, I've heard them before. Oh, you remember that used to be a song, there's a problem I can't solve? It's me again, Lord. I got a problem I can't solve. And, and we want to tell everybody what we're going through. Can you imagine if Job said, wait a minute. You think you got it bad. Let me tell you a real story. If you think you've lost something, let me tell you what I've lost. And, and, and Job could have unloaded on every single one of us. Come on, amen. But he didn't do that. And you know what the devil, he uses those as a tool and a device in our lives. Sometimes we want to tell everybody what we're going through. We want to tell them, oh, I've had a bad day. I used to have people come into church all the time. I say, how are you doing? They say, oh, Brother Miller, you wouldn't believe it if I told you. And they're probably right. But, but they would go on and say, but I, I got to tell you. I got to get it off my chest. I just got to tell you. Boy, and, and they would say, the devil's been after me all week long. I said, good. The devil's been after you all week long. I said, did he catch you? Just because he's been after you doesn't mean he's caught you. Come on, amen. When you know who you are in God, you can begin to praise God in every single situation. Come on, amen. Doesn't matter what you're going through, you can praise God in the midst of your problem, in the midst of your storm, in the midst of your battle. You can lift up your hand and say, praise God. I praise God that you've allowed me to go what I'm going through. Sometimes that's hard, especially when somebody, I, I think, his, I wouldn't have wanted Job's friends. I wouldn't have wanted them. Probably they started out being an encourager. I may have had people that get around you and they're encouragers for a while. 
then all of a sudden they forget about you. They just, you know, it's it just, you know, I feel so sorry for you. I would tell people, don't feel sorry for me. When, when Naomi was going through what she was going through, some would call me up and they'd say, oh, I feel sorry for you, but I said, don't feel sorry for me because I already know what God's going to do. I already know the outcome. And when you know the outcome, that makes a difference. Can I tell you right now, we're on a journey in our life, but I know the, I know the outcome. Come on, amen. I, I know, like, like Paul said in, in 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, when he talked about the things that he had gone through, now there's a crown that's waiting for him. Come on in. Can I tell you, whatever you're going through, it's worth it all. You may not think it's worth it right now, but let me tell you, whatever you're going through, whatever situation you're encountering, you're, it's worth it all because your day is coming. It's like I remember a story about a missionary. And he was on a ship. You might have heard it. And he was getting ready to come off the ship, and nobody was there to meet him, but there was also a celebrity on the same ship. And, and when the celebrity got off, there was thousands of people there to meet him and greet him and he looked to God he said God he said I've been in the mission field for all these years and given my life to you and there is nobody here to meet me but yet there's thousands of people here to come and see this person that's getting off the ship that's a celebrity and God said but one thing you're not home yet can, can you imagine one day this is a fight this is a war that we're on but one day, I don't know when that day is coming, whether it's in the rapture or some other time, but one day when you stand before God and he says, enter in to the joys of the Lord, thou good and thou faithful servant, it's worth it all. It's worth it all. Job goes on to say, behold, I go forward He's not there. I go backwards, but I cannot perceive him. Say it with me. But on the left hand, but on the left hand, every battle that I go through, God is working on my left hand. Every situation that I encounter in my life, God is working on my left hand. Come on, amen. You see what the left hand represents. We know the right hand represents power. It represents authority. But when Job said, in fact, if you look at it, he said, he goes to behold, I go forward, but he's not there. But down if I said, oh, let's see. But on the left hand, where he does, that means that Job knew. Let me say that again. Job knew that God worked on the left hand there's something about that because when you know that God knows your situation you have a different attitude about it you wonder why Job could be victorious he could be victorious because he knew come on amen that God worked on the left hand it makes a difference when you know something when you know that ultimately whatever you're going through, that God is working on the left hand. The left hand, let me tell you what it means. How many want to know what it means? That darkest storms of your life, that's where he's at. 
That's what it means. In the deepest, darkest storms of your life, that's where you're going to find God. And Job says, in the deepest, darkest spot of my life, right smack dab, where there's no place to find him, that's where he's at. And sometimes we wonder where, can I tell you, right in the midst of your problem, that's where God's at. It doesn't matter whether you feel him or whether you sense him. He's there. Nothing changes that situation. Right smack dab in the middle of your problem. And Job was saying, in the midst of my problems, everything that I've gone through, I've lost my money, I've lost my family, I've lost my prestige, I've lost my health. And right smack dab. Dab in the middle of it. That's where God's at. That's what he was saying. Isn't that good to know? And sometimes we're going through problems in our life and we're wondering, where's he at? Where's he at? Remember I said this morning, the greatest victory that I've learned in my life, not just to praise God in everything, is to understand that when I'm going through what I'm going through that God has a purpose and he has a plan I don't have to understand it but in my mind I can do one or two things I can either believe that God's going to get me through it or I'm going to fail but when God spoke to me and said this, that you are honored and you are favored, can I tell you there's a purpose behind this statement? Because God trusts you. And there's nothing more important to understand that when I'm going through something that God trusts me so much, Pastor, that he says, come on, I I I'm just going to show you the end results of it. You can't see where you're going to come out on this. But I do. I know what's going to happen. You don't know, but I know. And sometimes we'll say, what good can come out of this? How many have ever used that terminology before? What good can come out of God, God says, you don't know what good can, can come out of this. You don't see what I can do. You don't see what I can perform. You don't see the outcome. But I do know what good's going to come out of that. Because when we're going through situations in our life, we become blinded. Because the only thing that we can look at is the problem. And as long as we look at the problem, we can't see the antidote for it. We don't recognize the problem solvers right there in the midst of us. And that's what Job was saying. He said, wait a minute. Right smack dab on the left hand, the darkest storm that I'm going through, that's where God's at. Isn't that good to know? That right smack dab in the middle of our problem, that's where God is. And there's a purpose, and I'll close with this. I'm not going to keep you long. I'm not, oh, the four things, I could bring those up, but I'm not going to right now. Let me tell you what the four things are. How many want to know what the four things are? Three of them is, it begins with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The fourth thing is creation. And there's a reason why I'm saying the fourth thing, because creation, that God creates things. 
Come on, let me say that again. God creates things. And God created a way. That's really what it means. That God created a way, not only for salvation, he created in man. Come on, amen. He created man. And he didn't create man to, to, to lose, but he created you to overcome. So you have the Father and the Holy Spirit and creative power inside you. Can I tell you that creative power inside you can either grow or it can decrease? Come on. Amen. Do you know, you know how, how faith is, is built up in a person? You exercise it. You exercise it. How do I exercise it? Prayer. Fasting. Second Timothy, study to show ourselves approval, workman unto God, and needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. That's how, that's how you do it. And the more we do that, God creates in us, come on, God creates in us a sense that we know who God is. And Job knew who God was. That makes the whole difference in your life tonight. Because when you know who God is, it doesn't matter what comes your way. Because you're going to tell somebody God's in control. Come on. God's in control. So I'm not going to worry whatever happens and whatever comes my way. God's in control. And God's going to get me through it. I may not see it. I don't have to see it. But God's going to get me through it. That's the hope that you and I have tonight. Stand to your feet. One of the things that I've learned is that praise brings us into the presence of God. And we're to praise God. If I asked you tonight, how, how many can say, I've got so many things I can thank God for? Come on, how, how many can say, I, I've got so many things. That, isn't it in that the enemy will try to give you all the negatives to think about? Come on. Every one of us, every single week, go through something. I don't care who you are. You're going to go through storms. You're not above storms. I, I wish somehow we were. But we're not above them. But one thing that I do know, whatever storm comes my way, storms don't last. Last night we had a storm. By the time I got up this morning, it was gone. Come on. Storms simply don't last. They're not going to last week after week after week. There's going to come a time. I, I, let, let me share this because I think this is an important factor. Years ago, I, 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 well, I, I had a dream. Now, the Bible says when you're young, you have vision, but when you get old, you have dreams. I'm a dreamer now, probably like a lot of us. You're still in the vision stage, but, but I'm in the dreaming stage. And, and I remember in the dream, I was walking towards this mountain. And there was a road that went around the mountain. And there was a group of people way behind me, and I, I started walking, and I started going around this hill. But I noticed every time that I would come around, I could look back. I should never look back. But I looked back because I wanted to know where they were. So I'd take another trip around, and I, I would take and look back again. And finally, I made the crest of the top of the mountain. Instead of looking into the place where God wanted me to look, 
I looked back again. And I found myself down where they were. He thought I was shut up. God wants us to go forward, not backwards. Pastor, can I say, even for this church, we can't look for the past and remember the old times and the old days and, you know, and everything that it used to do. Because when we do that, we're not going forward, but we're going backwards. And God has given you a fresh vision. I just feel this right now. God said, I've given you something for this church. And when you get to the top, you're going to see what I want. You're going to see it. And for the church, you can't look back. Can't remember the good old days. Can I tell you the good old days, of, they passed. We got some good new days. Come on. We got some good, come on, amen. We got some good new days coming. You can say, well, I, I don't see it. For, don't, don't. No, let, let me tell you what happens. Our first church, seven people. That was counting me and my wife and my daughter. We had old slap pews. I may know what I'm talking about. If you weren't a shouter, you was going to be a shouter because when you sat down, they would squeeze you. Sometimes put a blood blister on your hiney. Come on. You'd shout one way or another. But when I looked out in the congregation, I didn't see just that small numeric number. But I would see the church full. This church was so bad that if you parked in the parking lot, they got a tow truck to get you out because there's a mud swamp. I'm happy as a pig in slop. My wife's not happy at all. But I'm happy. But I would look out and I would see it full. And the reason I'm saying this, Pastor, is because sometimes we have to look around. And understand what I see is not an empty chair. But I see it occupied. Come on. How many with me tonight? I don't see an empty chair, but I see it occupied. We had a woman come in that was totally blind, and God opened her eyes. Revival bursted out in the church. I would come to church, and this is what I want you to do, and challenge you to do that. And I would come to church, and I would say, I, every, my wife will tell you, every single service, somebody was saved. More than one occasion, sometimes more than one. It became the fastest growing church. And they come out and did an article and said, why is the church growing? I talked about people falling in love with the Lord, and I think I shared that with you. But when I first looked, the church was empty. I could have got discouraged, but I didn't. There was a reason why. That's what Job was saying. I seen something different. Job knew the outcome. You've got to know the outcome. This is not an empty chair. This is not an empty chair. This is not an empty chair. This is a full chair. Come on. 
This is a full chair. And you have to say, I see it. Come on, amen. I got a vision. It doesn't happen. It's got to happen. You know, you got to see it before it ever happens. And whatever situation you're going through, you've got to see that God's going to bring you through it before it ever happens. And if you can't believe that God's going to bring you through with it, there's something wrong with your faith problem. Come on. And I don't know what anybody's going through here tonight. But say this with me. I can see whatever situation I'm going through, God's going to bring me through it. It doesn't matter what the enemy says. He's a, come on. Because he's a liar. He's a thief. He's a robber. And he tries to cheat us. But I see what God's going to do in my family, in my life, pastor in the church. Amen. I'll close this with one thought. I, I get two closing. Naomi and I are not here by accident. I don't believe that. You see, we, we were looking for a church. You don't understand what you have. You really don't. But we, we were looking for a church. We had gone to four churches since we retired and we moved up here. And I would go to those churches and I would leave empty. Some were Church of God. Some Assembly of God. But I said there's something missing. That was the Holy Spirit. The Word was being preached, but the Holy Spirit wasn't in the presence. Can I tell you, I have felt... I have felt the Holy Spirit since the first day that I came in this church. In fact, I called my wife in California. I said, when you get back, you need to go to church with me. And then I said, I want you to tell me what you feel. Come on, amen. Job knew what he felt. Father, we just praise you and we thank you for this night. Father, you know the needs of the people that are here tonight. I don't, but God, you do. Some are going through some problems, Lord God, and, and possibly they've even felt like giving up. Maybe they felt like heaven has turned brass and their prayers are not going anyplace. They go forward, but you, you're no place to be found. They go backwards, but you're not there. But God, they need to understand that you are working right smack dab in the middle of this circumstance, Lord God. That's where you are. They may not even sense you or feel you, but God, you're there. God, show them, Lord, right in the midst of every situation that you're right there, Lord God. That's all they got to do is reach out and grab you. And Father, you'll reach out a hand back to them and rescue you, them, Lord God, from every situation. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now say this with me tonight. God is working on my left hand. Amen.